When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's important to recognise that mockery is not necessarily disagreement. The dictionary gives the definition of mockery as to tease or laugh in a scornful or contemptuous manner. It's too easy to mock people. It's often an excuse not to engage or to respond with respect. The psalmist gives us sage advice. Let's not sit in the company of mockers. Carl Fays for DailyNudge.org. Who's got a great offer to get you into it? Hey, John, kitchen? how long have you been using radio advertising to promote Nobby Kitchens? Look, I can't remember a time that we weren't using radio. And would you say you built your brand on radio? Absolutely. We've tried so many different forms of media and we just find radio gives us the best reach and the best results. Nobody but Nobby. <laughs> we can't sing a social post. Very true. <laughs> Discover the unlimited ways radio helps you reach new customers at commercialradio.com.au. Radio Unlimited. Your local Repco Authorised Service Centre is fully qualified to provide logbook servicing on all popular European cars. You can relax knowing that taking good care of your pride and joy is our pride and joy. Book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Celebrating the all-new Trim Master, Passload and SEN are giving you the chance to win the ultimate trading toolbox, including Passload's Trim Master, Frame Master and Coil Master. To win, visit iCanWin.com.au and tell us what's your favourite tool and why in 25 words. The Run Home with Joel Kane and Brian Fletcher weekdays from 3 on Sydney's Home of Sport, SEN 1170am. Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, good evening, everyone. Welcome along to Higher Ground this Thursday, 22nd of September. Only one more sleep to the first of the prelim finals. I cannot wait. Jules with you for this special edition of the program. Great to have your company wherever you're tuned in this evening. SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. Hello to our friends in Queensland and hello to everybody who might be tuning in across the globe via the SEN app. Now, the open line number, should you like to join in the program, and I'd love to hear from you this evening, one 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. Just listening to the end of Sports Day with Badge and Sats and they had a bit of a wanted dead or alive. You know, I always try to practice the Richie Sambora. He's the one who, he, that was him, Richie Sambora. In terms of NRL grand final entertainment, and I'm a big admirer of Richie Sambora and his Australian guitar girlfriend, Orianthe, but... Wasn't there? Wasn't the best? Was it? It wasn't the best. Tina Turner's first daylight second. Billy Ida would have been rocking if they could get some power. And then you had you have um, Macklemore. He was he was very good. Um, that one is it one Republic Seals? Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of them, uh, but apparently they went okay. And then of course Chisel. And then whenever you're, you're struggling, you just bust out a bit of Justice Crew. Who is it going to be this year? Or who should it be? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. And the open line, if you'd like to keep me company, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Tell me, how's your public holiday going? 
for Her Majesty the Queen. As I look up at this match, Socceroos taking on the All Whites in a friendly. They just observed a moment's silence for Her Majesty the late Queen. Uh, it's your day of mourning. A day of mourning. Did you observe a minute's silence? I, I didn't. A good mate of mine is a South fan. I said I did observe a minute's silence for Chris McQueen, but that's about as close as he got. Joining me on the show tonight, I'll catch up with former Panther and Rabbitoh, Tim Grant. And I'm going to get Timmy. I haven't spoken to him for a while. Get his take on their clash with the money Saturday night at Cool Stadium. Also going to check in with Cowboys great Paul Bowman. 203 games for the club foundation player, Paul Bowman. Good fellow. There's something in the water in Townsville right now. And that match... Tomorrow night against the Eels will be a beauty. Of course, you hear the calls live right here on SEN. And the Seal, as I mentioned, is here to keep us company as well. The Socceroos, as I just said, in action against the All-Whites, uh, moments away from kickoff. They're just running through the anthem. So we'll keep you updated with that match throughout the course of the program. Also got some live basketball, the Opals and France. This is the first game of this FIBA World Cup. And I can tell you, we are on Lauren Jackson watch. So as that score progresses, we'll bring it to you. As well. Well, the pride of the league, South Sydney, uh, looking to avenge their grand final loss to the Panthers Saturday night. But this is interesting. I caught this in the Courier Mail today. Their, their former favourite son has had a subtle dig at his former club. And I'm talking about Broncos captain Adam Reynolds. So basically, he's professed his love for Brisbane after South's failed to back their former staff halfback, star halfback. Uh, Reynolds rounded out a stellar first year. He claimed the Clubman of the Year award at the presentation night this week. And he's impressed Broncos ladies. He, what he does, and he's the ultimate and consummate professional, Adam Reynolds, turns up early for training, just contributes, a, a great teacher. I mean, you heard what Tyson Gamble said, Reno's the guy you go to. Sean on the field, third in the Paul Morgan medal, voting behind Payne Haas and Corey Oates. It probably would have been higher too if he'd played a lot more games. He spent a bit of time on the sidelines, Reno. And he said, I've fallen in love with Brisbane. After the Rabbitohs, of course, only offered him that, that one-year deal to remain at Redfern. He wanted to. But this is what he said, Adam Reynolds, in his acceptance speech. This club backed me for three years when another club wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever could he be talking about, Reno? But it's like, you know, you, you say, I've never been happy with my new girlfriend, never been happier. You know, but you still like to send the old one a birthday card. I didn't know many people when I came up here to Brisbane. They made me and my family welcome. They made it so easy for us. Cheaper real estate, too. Well, that's climbing. It's something I'll cherish forever. I love this club. It's something I hold dear to my heart. So 231 games for South Sydney. Still still has a soft spot for his beloved Rabbitohs. He said his replacement, Lachlan Ilias, has done an admirable job to help them to a prelim final. And he went on to say, you know, it's a tough ask against Penrith. He was always going to be tossed up these questions, wasn't he, Reynolds? Oh, and of course, Adam, your former club, and you got to act like you care, but it's a mate. Still got a lot of mates there, want to see them succeed. Happy for young Lockie. Had a tough season with all the pressure on him. Handle it second to none. I wish them all the best. But what else can he say? You know, it's like going back to the ex-girlfriend analogy. If you want to send him a birthday card, you can't say, love, Jules. You've got to say, you know, best wishes or all the best or take care. <laughs> you know, something just really innocuous and ain't and... And meaningless, just just devoid of any kind of emotion. Yeah, I wish them all the best. Of course, deep down, I think he'd be cheering the buddies, wouldn't he? I remember uh, speaking to Michael Butner, uh, the great Butes. He does a bit of work with us here, on the, based on the Central Coast. And uh, I asked him about who he supports, and I sort of know one now. And, and spending so much time at the match review committee, he said you kind of have to be neutral, and it stripped him of 
stripped of any kind of club bias he may have had. He had a great career, buttes with the Bears predominantly and also with the Eels and with the Tigers. And he said, look, you know, push comes to shove, I'll probably, you know, we'll be cheering the Eels in the finals. But he doesn't, he's not wedded to any particular team anymore. Now, Joey Sawali, this is still in the news. You know, there's so much debate about oh, turning his back on Australia. Mal should have tried harder. No. The kid wants to commit to Samoa because it's a country of his heritage. So be good luck to him. I just, I don't see what all the fuss is about. They've got the option now or they didn't have the option 10 years ago. So he's committed to Samoa. Let me ask you this. We've been talking about this across the entire station in the past few days with a Almost a, a, I won't say a dearth of talent, but but maybe not the same degree of depth as Australia's had in the past few years. So we know Payne Haas won't play, and Papa Lee hasn't committed to Australia. So who are the front rowers going to be? But who are the wingers going to be? Small reports Sue Ali was was almost a lock. Is it Coates? Is it Oates? Ado Carr? Maybe they play Valentine Holmes on the wing. But on top of that, what about this? He's 50-50 with that hip flexor injury to, to take the park against Penrith on Saturday night. What about AJ? What about Alex Johnston? Has played for Australia without ever having pulled on the blue jersey. And you know that he'd never let you down because, I mean, the bloke just scores doubles for fun. But could he be a smoky Alex Johnston? The kangaroos in the World Cup. You may have a thought on that, 0457 736 736. Now, time to get some revenge on those pesky All Blacks. Australia take on New Zealand, the second of two Bledisloe Cup clashes for 2022. Eden Park, uh, the Hooter Ground, Saturday night, uh, 5.05, so a pretty friendly time for kickoff as well. That's a beautiful thing. You catch that and go straight into the, the rugby league, so there's no clashes there. But Dave Rennie, Wallabies coach, and we were robbed, 39-37. Well, Dave Rennie has set the stage for another explosive Bledisloe Cup test. He has fired back, Dave Rennie, at these, these accusations from Rico Wani that... The Australians were disrespecting the Harker. So we're doing this again, are we? Is this what we call CLA? A war of words has erupted just days out from kickoff from the second Bledisloe Cup test. So the Wallabies and Wallaroos, what they've done, you would have seen this, they've decided to form this, this boomerang shape while staring down the traditional Māori challenge before tests. And the Wallabies also advanced on the Harker before that clash in Melbourne. And then Rennie also revealed that the referee Matu Reynal and Darcy Swain weren't the only flash points from that New Zealand win at Marvel Stadium. He says there's a lot of motivating points in there. I know Rico Iwani had a lot to say to our boys after the final try, mouthing off at Falau Fainga's, uh, Fainga about disrespecting the haka, which is a bit odd because as New Zealanders would know, when a team does a haka, you respond with a haka. We don't have the luxury of responding with a haka. You tell him, Dave. He's got both barrels loaded. So our response was in the boomerang shape and to move forward and by throwing down a challenge, we're accepting it. It's a fair bit of banter that goes on on the field. It just adds to the theatre, I think. I think he does. But it's all ritualistic. It's all ceremonial. This is much ado about nothing. He did admit that that Swain misfired in his attempt in that that clean-out and he's going to serve that suspension. This whole kind of staring down, I mean, I'm a bit older than the other people in the studio at the moment. It reminds me of Sam Scott Young. Remember the Queenslander, the back row? And Phil Kearns, for that matter, who would laugh and nod their head and smirk and turn their back and thought, well, we'll try that. You say, you know, we're, we're not taking a backward step, and they duly got thumped. <laughs> but you know what? You don't know if you don't try.
Didn't work. Let's just get on with it. But I've got a pretty good feeling about Saturday. I've got a pretty good feeling about Saturday. And further to that, just on the rugby, as Tommy Decent writes, uh, Bernard Foley, he was pretty good. I mean, I, for one, questioned his inclusion. I thought, are we really going back there? But he's been given another chance at number 10 after a very good performance in that first test last Thursday night. Uh, of course, uh, overshadowed by that time, controversial time-wasting call. But this is interesting. I, I didn't know this. And this comes after Dave Rennie revealed that World Rugby, and I quote, agreed with our concerns after the match, but said there was no point sulking ahead of the difficult task of beating the All Blacks at Eden Park for the first time since 1986. So the Wallabies actually complained to World Rugby about this decision. So they asked for a please explain. Because to their way of thinking, they thought there was no need for Raynal to make such a bold call with the game on the line. And there absolutely was no reason for him to do that. But then Rennie said the governing body sympathised, sympathised with Australia. And the implication was that World Rugby had admitted the wrong decision was made. Well, it's too late now. It's nice to get their sympathies. We'd rather a result, quite frankly. Probably not to the same degree, but this has sort of shades of, of Tigers-Cowboys, doesn't it? Yeah, we were, Tigers should have won the game, but we're not going to overturn it too bad. Maybe we need to get Lee, our good mate, Lee Hatcher-Pantelis onto the job. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. As I mentioned, I'll catch up with former Panther and Bunny Tim Grant shortly on the program. We do have the small matter of the AFL grand final on Saturday. And I, I mentioned and went through the numbers yesterday about how the AFL house are absolutely rejoicing and rubbing their hands together at the fact that Sydney are in another one because when Sydney make grand finals, the ratings go through the roof. The biggest market in the country in terms of population. A bit of an injury cloud over Sam Reid. And the good thing about that, uh, well, there's still concerns around his fitness, Sam Reid. And Justin McInerney. I spoke to Nick Davis yesterday. He said it was, you know, Justin McInerney rested. It's all precautionary. He's always going to play. Always going to play. Doubt still remains about what impact Reid can have after being subbed out at halftime. But now the Swans have named key forward Hayden McLean on the interchange bench. Uh, unfortunately for young Logan McDonald, uh, He's out of the side. Gee, it's tough. It's a bit of pill to swallow, isn't it? Been told that you dropped from the grand final side. The first team change, by the way, that Swans have made for more than a month. For more than a month. So I'll wait and see. Uh, fingers crossed. I'd be very surprised, though, if he does play Sam Reid. It'll be tough. Now, I love my golf. But I'll tell you what. You know, because they say, because Cam Smith went to live and Mark Leishman went to live and, and Neiman and, and all these players that were originally named in the President's Cup team and you know, Cam Smith, I don't know how, but somehow thought that he could still potentially play President's Cup. Said, no, no, I'm committed. He, he said, remember, prior to the FedEx, I'm really committed to the President's Cup, really looking forward to it, knowing full well that he was going to live, which means he's going to be banned from any PGA Tour events. So I don't know if they've got any idea. may just ask, they might let you play anyway. Yeah, because it's going to weaken the team. I said, well, bugger it. Who cares? You take your cash, bye. See you later. So they're, they're drastic underdogs. Lucas Herbert should have been in that side, by the way. But I tell you what, the, the internationals in the President's Cup golf, they, they've got a real air of Queensland 95 origin about them. Remember that? Wayne Bennett didn't want to coach him. An 18-year-old Ben Iken gets in the lift with Fatty Vaughton, the coach, who'd never coached before. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll do the job. Says, Sorry, mate, this is for players only. He goes, yeah, I'm one of your players. I'm Ben Iken. Against a team that had Johns and Fittler and McGregor and, and a handful of high-quality players. What happened, the rest is history. The greatest origin series in history. Queensland won 3 0. The game won 2 0 off the boot of the great Wayne Bartram.
Dragons legend. But I don't know. You know, could they cause an upset? On paper, they don't deserve to get with you. Kill any of the Americans. But Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, are they the most capped? They'll lead a very inexperienced team into battle. They'll pair together, too, for the opening foursome. I love teams' events in golf. I'm not talking, you know, talk and fireballs here. I'm talking like proper teams' events. So Adam Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, they'll tee off against the U.S. partnership of Patrick Cantlay, the uber-slow turtle pace Patrick Cantlay, and one of my favourites, Xander Shoffley. Uh, it's going to be good. So what about this? Eight President's Cup debutants in his squad for the international captain, Trevor Immelman. So he's going to rely heavily on Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama. And this is going to take place at North Carolina's Quail Hollow Famous Club against the heavily favoured Americans. But he's up for the challenge. He's an Aussie. He fights hard. 44 President's Cup matches, second only to Phil Mickelson, by the way. So he's been around for a while, Scotty. So he's his 10th President's Cup, Matsuyama in his fifth. As I said, they're going to play Cantlay and Shoffley. Uh, By the way, they teamed up to win the Zurich Classic in New Orleans in April. So they're a good pairing too. But a couple of South Korean President's Cup rookies, keep your eye on the 20-year-old Dynamo, Tom Kim. Apparently a big eater too. You know, there's a fun fact for you. The youngest player in the competition, and KH Lee, they take on Cameron Young, uh, the rising star of American golf, and Colin Morikawa. So on paper, they don't look like they match up that well, but you just never, never know. And the final match of day one will pit Tony Finau. Does anybody not like Tony Finau? He's one of the best blokes in golf. Tony Finau and Max Homer up against two more President's Cup newcomers, Canada's Taylor Penrith and Chile's Maito Pereira, the one who bottled it, didn't he, on the 18th? Was it the... Was it the PGA the Open? It was the PGA, yeah, it was. Poor bugger. Poor bugger. So the match play event pits, as I said, a team of US players against a squad of players from countries outside of Europe. The US hold an 11-1-1 record. <laughs> How's that for one-sided? Including a 16-14 victory in the most recent edition in Melbourne in 2019. But fingers crossed, best of luck to the internationals and very much looking forward to the golf, albeit at a... Very unfriendly time. Seven and a half minutes gone in this clash between the Socceroos and the All-Whites, who look resplendent in black tonight. Nil-nil. Nil-nil between Australia and New Zealand. The text line is open for business. 0457 736 736. And that open line number 1300 01 1170. A massive game at a core stadium Saturday night. It is the grand final rematch with the Panthers aiming to make their third consecutive grand final. And the Rabbitohs, well, they're into their fifth consecutive prelim. And both teams aiming to play in the decider once more and go one better. Uh, Tim Grant has played 129 games for the Mountain Men. 12 for the Bunnies is on the line right now. G'day, Tim. Hi, mate. How are you? Going very well. This is shaping up to be a beauty, isn't it? Uh, Souths look to have a bit of momentum at the moment. But Penrith, look, they haven't played a lot of footy in the past month. Uh, do you think that's a help or a hindrance for the Penrith side, mate? I, I, yeah, I think it's a, re- a real, um, it's a golden nugget for for the for the boys out here. I think you know a lot of their key players have played in huge games and under um, you know a lot of uh, scrutiny. So having that time off to regroup and um, lock it down, so to speak, and freshen up, I think it'll um, it'll be really good moving into the finals for them. What is it about Penrith that, that makes them so good? I mean, they're the, the consummate 80-minute football team, aren't they? And we saw in week one of the finals, the, the qualifying final, that sort of power kept up the first 20 minutes or so, and then they just went to another gear. Nathan looked refreshed after that five-week break. I mean, what is it about Penrith that, that seemed to sit them above everyone else at the moment? Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, from the outside looking in, um, 
I think we finally got the um, the you know the the progress line right from from the juniors. You know, it's probably the ju- biggest junior league in the world from from the juniors right up to first grade, and everyone's buying into the culture and what the club's about. Um, the the club just looks you know local local boys, and it's, it's they're representing uh, Western Sydney, and I think they've really bought into that. Uh, you've seen against the Cowboys, even though the score was a bit lopsided. Um, to score two tries, you know, it's pretty much our, our reserve grade team. And to score two tries against, um, you know, premiership contenders, the Cowboys, I think um, I think that's where the key is. It's just right across the board. doesn't matter who uh, steps in. They just get the job done and they, they're just enjoying their footy. I think that's the key to it. So if you're South Sydney and you look at this side, I mean, what can you exploit, do you think? You know, what areas can South look to, to score on Penrith? I mean, we've seen that they've got that dominant left edge, you know, Cody to Campbell Graham and, and Alex Johnson, who's, who's 50-50 to play. But you know, where, where do South's points come from? How do you beat this Penrith side? Mate, I, I think the South's points come from their forwards, to be honest. Um, Junior Totola, uh, Tommy Burgess, when he gets back, guys like that, Jai Arrow, just getting on the on the momentum so then then boys at the back can actually do what they do um i think they're sort of underestimated a little bit the bunnies i think they've been tracking pretty well for the last well, five years i think um it hasn't been celebrated as much as say Penrith's success so i think they're just flying under the radar but their forwards for me you know they play high energy they play great ruck speed um they're very mobile um i think that's where the bunnies could um could get over Penrith. but you look at the Penrith team and there's not too many weaknesses no, there's not. You know, and I mentioned at the top about this momentum that South Sydney seemed to be having. It, it was a slow start of the year for the Bunnies, wasn't it? But Demetrio was always looking longer term. Lachlan Elias found his feet. You know, big shoes to fill, of course, that being of the departing Adam Reynolds, their favourite son. But their defence, South in particular, in the past month has been really solid. Yeah, mate. I, I, you know, I think South as, as a club and as a brand, it's just really, um, you know, it's a, it's high performance, you know, a, like I said, I think it's gone under the radar a bit. There's a lot of media around Wayne leaving and that sort of stuff, but the the fabric of the club's still there. And um, I think since sort of 2012, they've turned things around. It's, it's sort of the juggernaut of the NRL now, and you can't es- underestimate South. They turn up to big games and they always do well. It's just you know their fans get behind them, and it's just a great club. They get on momentum, and they they're like a big game club. You know they they come good come finals time. You know they have a few little slip ups during the year, and people start to question them. But when when the big games are on, South Sydney are always there and um, firing. And like I said, their fans get right behind them, and it's. It's a massive wave of momentum that's just coming at you. Well, you played a handful of games with the club. When you pull on the jersey, did it, do you get a sense of their history? You know, they are the pride of the league, the most successful club in, in rugby league history. Do, do you get a sense of that in the corridors there? Yeah, mate. I, I was lucky enough. I played 20-odd games down there, like pretty much a whole season. And um, I really felt a part of the club. I, I, I moved down into the community. And um, it was a year after they won the grand final. So getting around the locals just really bought into it and, it's funny. There's something about South Sydney. You put on the jersey and run out to, um, you know, glory, glory to uh, South Sydney in front of um, all the fans. And, you know, a boy from Penrith that, you know, that's not my, my club, but you put on that jersey and you hear that, you automatically buy into it. There's something about it. It's, it's definitely nostalgic, um, mate. Like I said, I, I loved my time at South. And it's, it's definitely a great club and they've turned into a powerhouse. Yeah, Latrell looks to feed off that energy, doesn't he? They're just, you know, he, he loves it. It's like he grows a leg. You know, you're running it, screaming fans at a, 
at a core stadium. I know sort of Penrith finished minor premiers, but it is South's home ground. But we saw that in the last two two weeks, didn't we, or three weeks uh, at, at Allianz. It's just something about that energy, the crowd, that Latrell really feeds off. Yeah, mate, I think um, I think it's great that, you know, you you watch Latrell play and some of the um, comments he has after games, you know, he just looks to really be enjoying his footy. And I think um, that's a great thing for the NRL to, you know, guys like Latrell are vocal and just seem to be having fun. And I think it encourages the fans to buy into it as well. Um, but what a player, I guess, um, you know, he, he's like, um, he's from the same mould as Greg Inglis. I, I love watching him play, but... Um, in saying that, I, you know, if they're superstars right across the board, you look yeah. at the Penrith team as well, well and, and we're we're, um, we're spoiled for for footy. Uh, so for some viewing this uh, this you know final series, that's for sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, looking forward to the battle of the thirteens. Yo and Murray being the two best thirteens in the comp this year, and then of course the hookers too. I mean, this chat about Damien Cook perhaps losing his grip on that Australian number nine shirt. I mean, Coruscant supplanted him in Origin. Uh, you know, the, do you think? Also, the battle of the number nines, ten could go away towards determining that green and gold jumper. Yeah, I think so, mate. I, you know, I think uh, I don't think Damien Cook's done too much wrong, but uh, Coruscant's definitely had a, a, a massive season. I think um, he's been a massive part of Penrith's success. Uh, you know, I think the, the key ingredient probably was that world-class hooker out in Penrith, and as soon as they got him, they've, they've been unstoppable. But um, just just because uh, Coruscant is going great, I, I don't think you should take too much away from Cook. He, he's been sort of the backbone of that that South team for a while now, and he, you know he's played all the big games. I wouldn't write him off, that's for sure. All right, who do you like Saturday night at Core Stadium, Panthers and Buddies, Timmy? Oh, mate, I'm a Penrith man yeah. through and through, but yeah. um, you know I've got many great memories at South, and I know there's some great people amongst them. But mate, it's a it's a win-win for me, but um, I'd definitely be and on the mountain men for sure. And I'll get a quick tip from you as well for, for Friday night's game. Uh, this is going to be a good one too, where Parramatta fly to Townsville to take on the second-place Cowboys. Yeah, mate, I'm, uh, I hate Parramatta because I'm, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> full-on uh, Penrith boy, but I want them to win because I'd love to see a Penrith Paragrave final. Oh, wouldn't that be big? I said second, they were third, of course. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, what are you up to these days? I, I, know, I think the last oh. time we spoke, you were bouncing around for the, the Thrill Butchers. Yeah, mate, uh, my uh, footy career's uh, come to an end. I'm just enjoying retirement now, mate, and um, I've, I've sort of become a footy fan. I've, I've loved watching the footy and that again now that I've stepped away from it. So, mate, I'm uh, I'm just cruising these days. But, um, yeah, the footy career's over. The, the boots have finally hung up. <laughs> you know, they're getting faster and fitter and stronger, and some of these collisions, you think, probably the best place to watch it is rather than being from in the middle and, and on the couch. So. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm hearing you. <laughs> All right, mate. Enjoy the footy, won't you, this weekend. It's going to be a beauty, and you are hoping for a Penrith Parramatta Grand Final. Always good to chat, Tim Grant. Thanks for joining us on ECN tonight. Thank you, mate. Hey, welcome along. Higher Ground, a special edition of Higher Ground as we look ahead to the prelim finals tomorrow night at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. We've got the North Queensland Cowboys and the Parramatta Eels. And then Saturday night at Core Stadium, Penrith and South Sydney. Good to speak to Tim. It's been a, a couple of years, actually, since I've spoken to Tim Grant. He's, he's a lovely fella. And a few people don't you forget, don't you, what a player he was, Tim Grant. Played a couple of Origins. Penrith man through and through, but did acknowledge their history. You know, they played about 20-odd games for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, they're real butchers. It's, it's, it's amazing how quickly the game can leave you behind. It's, we had a bit of fun for the Butchers a couple of years back now, he said, as he told me just before the break, he's well and truly retired. He said, some of the hits these guys are putting on, is the body can't handle it. 
The body can't handle it. Nil-nil between Australia and New Zealand in this friendly at Suncorp Stadium. It's still a bit of a, a trip, isn't it, seeing the great Huss hitting, great Huss hitting in the dugout next to Graham Arnold. But uh, wonderful to see. Just lifts your spirits, doesn't he? And uh, nil-nil, bit of a scrappy affair. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll drag our resident football expert on high ground, Alex Seal, in after the break to, to chat about that. 0457 736 736. Uh, Christian Nicolucci in the Sydney Morning Herald. This just popped in. Lock it in. Do Murray or Yo deserve top billing in the grand final rematch? That's a pretty decent question. Because we've seen a lot of teams of the year picked. Uh, I reckon it's about 50-50. Those who said, oh, Cameron Murray's your lock of the year. And compared to those who say, Isaiah Yo. And Cameron Murray was voted by his peers as the best 13 in the game. That was the Rugby League Players Association team of the year. But, but the South skipper is quick to nominate his Penrith counterpart, Isaiah as the real top of the locks. He was asked about it. Murray said, yeah, he's the benchmark. He's the Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent. And Nicolucci writes, he says, for the sake of debate, and this is something worth chewing over, if Murray and Yo, okay, so if, if Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo on the open market for about 850000 your club could only choose one of them to sign. Who are you signing? Cam Murray's 24, Yo's 27. There's a really good question. What's your answer? 0457 736 736, a text line number. The open line as well. Free to take your call, 1300 01 1170. If Murray and Yo were on the open market for about 850k and you had the money, your club, and you could only choose one, are you signing Cam Murray or are you signing Isaiah Yo? Which way do you go? Nil-nil between Australia and New Zealand. About 23 minutes gone in the first half. And they're just doing the anthems as well for the first game for the Opals at the FIBA World Cup. They're taking on France. They're very much looking to the return of Lauren Jackson. She will come off the bench, coached by the great Sandy Brondello. You're listening to High Ground on a Thursday night. Hope this public holiday day of morning Thursday evening finds you well. 0457 736 736. Off the back of what Christian Nicolucci wrote in the City Morning Herald in the nine papers. If, if you had the cash, got 850K, you've got a choice of Cam Murray or Isaiah Yo to play lock. Where are you going? Peter says, I'm a Cam Murray man. He's younger and better looking. Souths by eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better looking. Yeah. More promotional opportunity. That's one way of looking at it. I'm not sure that... Factors into it, though. Uh, Craig says, yo, bigger body. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. Again, he's a bigger body. Oh, they're both wonderful players. Uh, if anything, I, I'm, I'm an unabashed Isaiah Yo fan, so I'm going to go Isaiah Yo. But uh, I'd be happy with either. As we go around the grounds, the FIBA World Cup, it is Australia taking on France. They trail by two at the, mar- at the moment. France, nine over the Opals, seven. Six minutes remaining in the first quarter. And the Socceroos taking on New Zealand in this friendly at Suncorp Stadium. About 28 and a half minutes gone in the first half. It is nil-all, nil-nil between Australia and New Zealand. It's interesting. It was one of these great pieces of, of football World Cup trivia. The 2010 World Cup, you may recall, in, in South Africa. Where in New Zealand, I don't think they actually got out of their group. But they were the only team in the entire tournament that didn't lose the game. In fact, I think they drew with Italy from memory. The only team in the entire tournament that did not lose a game. That's a, a pretty common piece of sporting trivia. But the funny thing is about that, the 2010, I always remember, do you remember they had these billboards around town for Optus Sports? The World Cup South Africa 2010, proudly brought to you by Optus. And they had all the wildlife. To them. You had elephants, zebras, giraffes. And there's a picture of Tim Cale on there. And a tiger. And those in the know realise that 
there are no tigers in Africa. Lions, yes. Plenty of big cats. No tigers. No tigers. I don't know if it's more of like a maybe a Bengalese tiger. <laughs> so yeah, it's like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Or lions, king of the jungle. Like the lions don't live in the jungle. But yeah, so no tigers in South Africa. I'm pretty sure this, unless maybe they have them in the zoo over there. But they got that one dreadfully wrong. Optus's marketing department. Nil nil. Australia on the attack. In fact, why don't we talk a bit of football? We'll bring in the seal for the first time this evening. Hello, Mulchy. Good evening to you, Jules. Now and you good have, evening to the listeners. Uh, you have been keeping one eye on this game, and he said it's a bit of a scrappy affair. Yeah, the Aussies have sort of grown into the game with the ball a little bit, but yeah, New Zealand looking particularly scrappy in Australia at the back have uh, allowed some glaring opportunities for the Kiwis, which they haven't been able to take. They should have had a goal from a set piece just a minute or so ago, the Aussies, and they're coming forward and again now through Martin Boyle. He and Owen Mobile on both flanks have looked pretty good, lacking a little bit of end product when they get into towards the penalty area. Um, Adam Taggart hasn't been given anything particularly handy to feed off just yet, but... Um, yeah, the Aussies should have had a goal there. It was ruled out by the Korean officiating team um, for a perceived tug by Jackson Irvine on his marker who looked as though he just fell over. So, look, he's incredulous, Jackson Irvine. Mm. He's we got can to see fit. what it means to him. He's uh, See, normally I'm not a rap on ponytails, but he can actually pull it off. The ponytail-mo combination. Oh, I don't think many in the squad could. And he's a bit of a workhorse, Jackson. You can never... Uh, Never accuse him of not putting in 110%, even if it is a, a friendly farewell match against New Zealand. Impressive array of ink on both arms, yes. too. Jackson um, still, as I said before the break, still a bit weird, isn't it, to see who's hitting there. He's sort of got a double take. It is wonderful. And roles reverse. Of course, Arnie was his assistant in the 2006 World Cup. And now Arnie, when he recruited him, said, you know, you can be my co-coach. I'd, you know, I have too much respect to call you an assistant, but it's great to see him down under. And the reason he's down under, of course, is for the naming of this, uh, is that right, the... This team of the century? Yeah, so a uh, hundred years since the first inter- A international was played between the Socceroos and New Zealand all the way back in 1922. So this is a celebration. Also the last that. year, uh, the North City Bears won a premiership. Oh, there yeah. you go. Big things happening a hundred years ago. It was a massive year, 22. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, so some big names named in that. Tim Cahill, Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka, mm. um, Alex Tobin. If you're going back through the years, Mark Schwarzer in goal, Matt Ryan. Well, what um, are, let, okay, okay. Let, let's let's go through it now. So yeah. this is the Socceroos team of the century. And so look, in sorry, goals. I'll just interrupt you there, Jules, because Owen Mobile has broken hey, the deadlock uh, for the Aussies, cutting in off the left and blasting the ball past the Kiwi keeper in the back of the net. One nil, Socceroos. Well go, go Mobile. Yes, one nil. Thirty-two minutes gone in the first half. Pretty decent crowd there at SunCorp Stadium tonight as well. So this was the Socceroos, or is the Socceroos team of the century. Uh, in goal, Mark Schwartz and Matthew Ryan, Jimmy McNabb between the sticks. Yeah. Uh, okay I think Bozza can feel a little hard done by, but he, he the fact uh, is he didn't lack, come back. Lack and, of a lot of international. That's there. right. Didn't play in a World Cup. I think the the historians that put together this this team are, are looking f- towards World Cups and big achievements with the international Heavily team. Yeah. Well, so Schwartz um, is so a, that's a clear why number Bozza's one. Missed out. Yeah. Uh, at the back, you got international attackers. They say would dread coming up against. These defenders, Scotty Chipperfield, Joe Marston, Craig Moore, Lucas Neal, Alex Tobin, Tony Vidmar, and Peter Wilson. I can't have too many arguments with that. It's They're pretty good. I love Chipper. Played at World Cups, done a lot of big things. Yeah. There's been some probably unlucky not to have played at World Cups, um, but yeah, I think that defensive. Well, Joe Marston is, is a soccer who's great. Scotty Chipperfield, exactly. he, uh, the former bus driver from Wollongong. 
Cool. Now his son's going to play for Switzerland. Played for a very long time for FC Basel. He did. He's an experienced campaigner in the Champions League. Scotty Chipperfield. Good play. Fe- Wollongong Wolf. Roger Federer territory. Mm. Yes, Wollongong Wolf. Former bus driver from Wollongong. Mm. You know, they always, this is the, the nomenclature of certain athletes. Yeah, the sportist media like to bestow on them. So mm. he was always the, the former bus driver from Wollongong was Scotty Chipperfield. And then you had, you know, the, the former Canberra Raider ball boy was Mark Webber, mm. Formula One driver. And on top of that, you'd have um, the the pig shooter from Narromine, which is Glenn McGrath, you know, <laughs> and the list goes on. Uh, in the midfield, now this is a very good midfield: Mark Bresciano, Brett Emerton, Mila Jednak, Harry Kuehl, Aaron Moy, Johnny Warren. That is star started again. You think of names, you think Paul O'Con, Vinnie Grella, uh, and both of those Paul I'd have been happy with. I, I see O'Con. I think is 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 criminally underappreciated mm. in Socceroos history. And I was a massive Vinnie Grilla fan, and he's one of the first picked if I'm picking an all-time great Socceroos team. But that's just me. Mm. But maybe you can't fit Grilla and Yednak in the same no. side. Well, that's know. just the, the Moy, quality Moy, of those players. Moy, happy with Moy? Um, I'll be happier if he does it at a World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, I think awesome. in terms of quality of player we've produced, he's in the top 20, sort yeah. of, no, with, without a doubt. Um, I'd love to see him do it. At a World Cup, though, in Russia, he was good without being great. I'd like to see him produce a little bit more in Qatar and bed in that place, if you like. And then in attack, John Aloisi, Tim Cale, Reg Date, Johnny Cosmina, Judy Masters, Alf Quill and Mark Viduka. That's pretty handy as well. Uh, rather, rather handy. Ray Bartz, I think, was probably a little bit stiff, but again, didn't didn't get to World Cup, yeah. unfortunately. Yep. Got us 2-1, but didn't get there to play himself. So there's certainly some names there That's you could talk about, but 74. Cozzy... Aloisi, Dukes, Harry, and Kale. Cahill. And, and Dukes, it, for a while, the knock on him was that he didn't score enough with the Socceroos. And his goals sort of came in a flurry late in his mm. Socceroos career, Mark Viduka. Played a lot more for the Socceroos later in his career. Yes, under Huss, yep. um, who made him captain as well. And was so crucial over the two legs against Uruguay, um, providing that focal point, of course, linked up with Harry to set up Mike Bresciano's goal in the second leg in Sydney. Lauren Jackson is on the court, and the Australians still trail by two. Uh, 14-16, a minute 43 remaining in that first quarter, the opening match in the FIBA World Cup against France. And then the coaches, Hus Hiddink, uh, no big surprises, supported by assistants, Ange Postacoglu, Graham Arnold, and Raleigh Rassage. So a pretty decent coaching combination there. And two of those are in the dugout tonight mm. at Suncorp Stadium. Five coaches have taken us to a World Cup. The only one missing there is Pim Verbeek. Um, yes. And probably if you're going to have any of the... Those five miss out. He's unfortunately the one. The late Pimver Bake, lovely fella, and uh, did a lot, did more for the game than I think people realised while he was here for a short stint. Yeah, apparently. So I know Simon Hill was a big rap in him as, yeah. a, as a wonderful human being. Mm. Wonderful human being. Thank you, mate. We'll catch you next hour. Looking forward to agree to disagree. Alex the Seal. Oh, no. Somebody's been shot by a sniper. Somebody's been Jules, shot by a tr- sniper. I don't need any of these a, a generalisations. Saying, get up. Get up. Yeah, well, I can't say that word, but get up. What's his name? Just. With the 70s. His name's Just. J-U-S-T. A player I'm probably unaware of. Probably Just. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you can do your research on Just, and we'll catch you next hour, Alex, at the CLO. 457 736 736. Jace. Jace, you know, I haven't heard from you for a while. Just going to send out the search party. Evening, Jules. Oh, Sorry. I didn't preface it by saying, ace to see your face in the place, Jace. Evening, Jules. My day of mourning was for another pitiful New Zealand Warriors season. 
New Zealand soccer coach looks like a cross between Vinnie Jones and comedian Jamal. Oh, is he the one in the, the grey knit? I just got a glance at it. But now that you've mentioned it, I can't unsee that, Jace. So Vinnie Jones and a comedian Jamal. I'd also pick Cam Murray, but it's a struck match between the two. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Jamal, he's a lovely guy, Jamal. I remember a number of years ago interviewing him, and he said his favourite ever joke. <laughs> he said, oh, did you hear St. Patrick uh, drove the snakes out of Ireland? You turn to the back seat, he says, you boys comfortable back there? <laughs> it's so simple. But he says it with that Irish voice, that sort of understated Irish tone that he has, and it's a very good delivery. Uh, Bondi Jack, hello to you, my friend. Uh, forget about hyping the shame of the league. He's, he's not a Souths man. He loves his roosters. They only win most games because as a darling of Maxwell and Sutton's corrupt 10-year regime, they are piggybacked off their own line and into attack, but... Deep Freight's criminal enterprise extends to the Panthers as well. Okay. They've jumped early, stood offside for three years. The 50-year stain on the league are hopeless coming off their line as we exposed in round 25. With none of the usual favours, Souths won't see the Rifts quarter line, says Bondi Jack. Yeah, he's not a rap on South City. This is interesting. I spoke to Simon McLaughlin on the program last night about, you know, and they did an article about Penrith and protecting Cleary by having the markers just sort of loitering. Then, you know, I said, do one other teams do it? Because, yeah, probably. And then, I looked today, just online, and they showed, I think, three or four examples of South Sydney doing exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Well, it's incumbent upon the officials, if it is illegal, to blow the whistle and try and stop them. Pretty simple. The rules are there. The rules are there. But players get away with, or try to get away with stuff because they reckon they're a good chance of getting away with it. Thank you, boys. 0457 736 736. You had 850 grand. Who do you pick? If you can afford one lock. You're going to Isaiah, you're going to Cam Murray. Three years age gap. So Yo is 27, Cam Murray's still only 24. You're a good rugby player too, Cam Murray. 850k, who are you picking? I've got Yo, but in a photo. And give us a call on the open line as well. 1-300-01-1170, as I mentioned. Uh, 1-0 to Australia. 1-0 to Australia over New Zealand with about 15 minutes, or 15, five minutes, I should say, remaining in that first half, bit of stoppage time on top of that. And in the World Cup quarter time, the score has just disappeared off my screen at the moment. Once it pops back up, I'll bring that to you. Australia taking on France at the FIBA World Cup. Arms in and Lauren Jackson, 41 years young, finally got some court time. And I'll tell you what, it's like she hasn't left. She still looks supremely fit, Lauren Jackson. It is really one of the great comeback tales we have seen, not just in Australian basketball, but indeed in Australian sport. Quite incredible. And credits her comeback and overcoming of pain to, to medicinal marijuana, not dissimilar to the eighth immortal, Andrew Johns. So there's a lesson in that. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number and the open line number 1300 01 1170. Second quarter just underway. France 18, Australia 17. You're on high ground. You know, it's a real bugbear of mine, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not the only one, is when you click on a website and Videos just start auto-playing. It does my head in. So here at studio, I've just got a couple of tab, tabs open up in front of me, a couple of web pages, and bang! So I think I should have the option. Or come on with it muted and you have to unmute it because it scares the crap out of me. All of a sudden, where's that coming from? You've got 20 tabs open. You've got to try and find the one, the little, the little speaker icon. Around the grounds and high ground this Thursday night, 
23-18, so they've taken the lead now, the Opals. Australia 23 over France 18, about seven and a half remaining in the second quarter. This is the FIBA World Cup. And the Socceroos and New Zealand, this game currently taking place at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. 1-0, Australia lead New Zealand 1-0. There's, there's a player for New Zealand wearing the number eight, uh, Bill is his surname. He's dead set, a slightly younger and taller Leo Sayer. He's got that beautiful curly mop. You know what? I, 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 Joe Bell. Joe Bell. What an exotic name. Joe Bell with the curly Leo Sayer style hair. He, always, he makes me feel like dancing. But it's a bit of a throwback too. I mean, Aaron Moy's very jealous at this point in time, certainly. But, but having said that, you know, especially at league players, I don't see it as much in football. Jackson Irvine's got the, the ponytail. You know, Ryan Grant had some funky hair as well. But you don't see that the, the mullet appear as prominently in the world game as you do in, say, for example, rugby league or, or AFL for that matter, which is probably a good thing. They're a bit more classy, aren't they, the global game? But, yes, Joe Bell, the exotically named Joe Bell, number eight for New Zealand, uh, the lovely curly hair. I think it's just ripe for a soul glow sponsorship for Joe Bell. They're taking on the Subway Socceroos. The Subway Socceroos. It's great that they landed a sponsorship too, the Socceroos. And I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting for all the footlong jokes. Now, we are one running a wonderful promotion here at the network. So for fans of Parramatta that couldn't get to Townsville because all the airlines have hiked up the prices and you get a slight cross breeze and a sprinkling of rain, they cancel 20 flights anyway. So they're hiking up the prices, thousands of dollars, no accommodation. You think, how are we going to get to the game? And this is what we do. We make dreams come true here at SEN. So we have chartered a flight. It's an eight-seater, so it is very exclusive. An eight-seater. It's the, it's the SEN Macca's jet. The SEN Macca's jet is going to fly eight lucky listeners all the way to Townsville for the game flying back. How good is that? But I tell you what, they're the hottest ticket in town at the moment. You do have to earn them. I think we've given away two at the moment. Is that right? Two, so... I think Joel and Fletch yesterday had, I believe, a wedding proposal. We had a pretty fancy TikTok of a devout Parramatta fan with a face painted sitting in the lounge chair and the rest of it. But this has just popped up in our social feed. So promote it via Twitter. Hello, Para Eels fans. Uh, listen to 1170 SEN across the next two days. Some more chances to win. Thanks to Matt because I'm loving it. But in reply to the Matty Johns, at Matty Johns SEN, the Para Eels and so on. This is, this is the links that they'll go to, and this is from Spooky Ghost. This is the links that they will go to to claim these tickets. I'll chop my old fella off on TikTok if it gets me on the plane. So I'm going to say, Spooky Ghost, that you're incredibly single and lonely. Maybe you've had your kids. I, I don't know. Either that or you're just a, a severely devout Parramatta fan, in which case I, I admire your commitment. I admire your commitment. That is that is taking the extra step that you're prepared to, you know, from this point forward, only put your pants on two legs at a time, spooky ghost. But gosh, if you're there to see Parramatta qualify for their first grand final since 2009, well, that'd be most certainly worth a dismemberment. You go into the draw, Spotify or Spotify, spooky ghost, and we wish you the best of luck. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. And I, you know, I'd really, in fact, I'm not even sure TikTok would allow that, probably violate their platform principles. But anyway, I... I Understand where you're coming from, Spooky Ghost, and uh, fingers crossed that you get on that eight-seater plane. Does everyone get their own seat? How does an eight-seater plane work? It's sort of four on each side. There's no sort of aisle, window, and middle, I don't think. But apparently you get on there and you've got the, the Big Mac there. You've got your choice of the 20 nuggets. You've got the hot apple pie, the sundaes. 
you got the works. You absolutely were. Maybe you're a McChicken. Maybe maybe you're a filet fish fan. If you're flying a Good Friday, they'd be absolutely chock full of filet fishes. So it's a wonderful competition too. Stay in tune across the course of the weekend. Or across the course of the night. It's tomorrow night, isn't it? Tomorrow night. So we've got to give away the rest of those tickets. So congratulations to those that do get to go there. I'm very, very jealous. So about 30 degrees in Townsville. But you heard Brad Arthur say that it'll get down to probably about 23 degrees come game time. So that's what they've been trying to replicate in their training regime this week, the Parramatta Eels. Cranking up the heaters in the gym, about 24. Training in the mid-afternoon. It's pretty pretty decent weather in Sydney so far, about 23 degrees. So good luck to Parramatta. Good luck to North Queensland. And speaking of North Queensland, I will catch up with one of their greats, Paul Bowman, in the next hour of the program and get his thoughts on this big game tomorrow night at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, 0457. 736-736. Also asking, you had 850 grand in the salary cap to buy a top-shelf lock. You need one. You're picking Isaiah Yo or Cam Murray. You've got a choice of two. That's it. Ben writes, G'day, Jules. I'd go Yo. I'd be too worried about Cam's concussions. That's a really interesting angle, Ben. Hadn't thought about that. I know Isaiah Yo's had a, a couple of head knocks too, but certainly not for a while. But... This is the other thing, you know, is there a degree of damaged goods when it comes to Cam Murray? But let's, for the sake of the argument, keep it really simple. Don't don't worry about injuries and just pick both of them, assuming they're fully fit to peak form. Who are you going, Isaiah or Cam Murray? It's a good debate to have. Now, Tom Dearden, I mean, look, Phil Gould once said it, if you play one game of first-grade rugby league, you are tough. But Tommy Dearden, you know the story about his, his testicle problems that he's ruptured. Well, he's, he's, you know, Todd Payton, his coach today, said he would stand in front of a freight train if he had to. A little story about Tommy Dearden, and I'll bring that to you after the break here on High Ground, this Thursday night special edition. Keep those texts coming in 0457 736 736. In the next hour of the program, as mentioned, I'll catch up with Paul Bowman, North Queensland Cowboys legend, and I'll drag the seal back in once more. We'll get an update of this Socceroos game where it is half-time. The Socceroos won over New Zealand, Neil, and uh, he'll run us through the ringer for Agree to Disagree. Second hour of the program, a special Thursday night edition of High Ground as we look forward to the two preliminary finals in the National Rugby League. Queensland Country Bank Stadium tomorrow night. We've got Parramatta. Well, it's the, it's the FIFO, isn't it? Fly in, fly out, 24 hours before kickoff. They're looking to end the Cowboys season and make their first grand final since 2009. Then Saturday night at Core Stadium, 7.50pm is kickoff. Penrith. And South Sydney, 0457 736 736, asking tonight, you had 850 grand, you've got a choice of a lock, either Cam Murray or Isaiah Yo. Who are you going? Let's whip around the grounds. Uh, the FIBA World Cup, Australia taking on France at the moment, and they just had a shot down from the free throw line. 28 apiece, about two and a half minutes remaining before half time. 28 28, Australia and France. And speaking of half time, it is half time between the Socceroos and the All-Whites at Suncorp Stadium. This friendly taking place and a goal to Almobile just before halftime. Australia 1, lead New Zealand. Neil, as mentioned, I'll catch up shortly with Paul Bowman, the Cowboys legend on the program, get his take of this big game uh, tomorrow night there in Townsville. Uh, the whole joint is basically sold out. And there's stories about people leasing their house at, houses out and putting it up on Airbnb just for the weekend. You shack in with your parents or the in-laws and just pocket a cool one or two grand, if you don't mind. You don't mind. It's, it's a quick buck, and I admire the ingenuity 
Now, the Roosters are set to lock up Sam Walker on a multi-million dollar extension. The playmaker shutting down a potential switch to the Broncos. The Dragons as well, they are closing on a deal to lock up skipper Ben Hunt to an extension. I was hoping that would have been done probably by last weekend. But the news today, we've been talking about this the past couple of days on this program, and, and regular listeners know that I'm a Dragons fan. You know, my thoughts on, on Tyrell Sloan, but the Dragons have rejected his release request. So as of, I think, early yesterday, he hadn't put through that release request, but he's put it through, and they've said, no, sorry, mate, no chance. No chance. They so said they want him to fight for his spot. He's still very much in their future plans, part of that great triumvirate between him, Junior Ramone, and um, Jaden Sullivan. And he should fight for his spot. No one's entitled to it. And Ramsey's ahead in the pecking order because he seized it with both hands. But just on Sam Walker, well, they had to lock him down. They are going to lock him down, closing in on a multi-million dollar extension with the tricolours, which is great news. Daily Telegraph's reporting this. and So the Broncos making overtures because he's a Queenslander, of course, but uh, no. And Walker told the Telegraph that signing a new deal with the Roosters definitely a goal for me. I want to stay at the club. I'll let my manager, an old man, which is the former Broncos playmaker, Ben Walker, look after that sort of stuff. Really keen on building on these last two years and seeing where we can go with the Roosters. And, of course, he's going to be playing for the Prime Minister's 11. No, 11. It's not cricket season yet. Prime Minister's 13, I should say. He's a wonderful footballer. And when he peaks, my God, what a player you're going to have. He'll be playing plenty of origin games too. He's the next seven after DCE. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Ben Hunt, City Morning Herald, reporting that Hunt believes an extension with the Dragons getting closer after talks with the club today. And he went on to say, Ben Hunt, I actually had a meeting with my manager. I feel like we're getting pretty close to sorting something out with the Dragons. I heard Badge and Sat say, you know, I think it was a texter on the open line saying, do you switch Hunt to nine? No, you don't. You know, if you need to give Sullivan a bit of a run there just to give him game time, make him more battle-hardened in first grade because you know he's had his fair share of injuries, then fine. But you're talking about the most likely Dally M halfback of the year. If you're not moving Ben Hunt out of seven, so we know he'd been linked to the Titans and the Bulldogs. I don't know how strong those links really were. But now it looks like Ben Hunt's set to end his career at the Dragons, a two-year extension. That'll take him to 2025. It'll be 35 and a nice way to, to see things out. And just quickly on Sloan, as I mentioned, so he did put in a request and he said, no, nope, too bad, too bad. And it's, you know, inability to crack first grade, uh, despite the Dragons failing to play finals. It had sparked rumours of a rift with coach Anthony Griffin. Yeah, let's talk about Jaden Sullivan. If you ask me, can they keep all three, Amon, Sullivan and Sloan? I think they're going to lose one. I don't know which one, but they'll lose one of them. And Andrew Johns, a Knights assistant coach, believes the Knights can help the Tigers halfback Luke Brooks reach his potential in rugby league. What, 10 years, no finals for Brooksy? Although Tim Sheen said he's still very much part of of the Tigers' plans. As, as we know, the Knights are in desperate need of a halfback. They haven't filled that void, have they, since Mitchell Pierce's departure? And they have made overtures. They've tried to get him twice, apparently, but they missed out on luring him to McDonald Jones Stadium. But he is signed Luke Brooks to the Tigers for 2023 and a deal worth north of a million bucks. Well, it's insane money. Reportedly in talks over an extension at a reduced price tag, fair enough, but they haven't given up hope, apparently, Newcastle, in luring the prime number seven target for either 2023 or 2024. So Joey was speaking on the, the Wide World of Sports podcast, Freddie in the 8th, and reckons they, they do need somebody like a Brooks. Because they have really struggled, haven't they? They bought Adam Clune, they bought Jake Clifford, 
They haven't quite settled on a halves pairing. They're at Newcastle. They really struggle this year. He said, you have a look at clubs over the years. Souths are struggling. They signed Sam Burgess. Manly was struggling. They signed Ben Kennedy. You need that top-line player. Well, if anyone can get the best out of Luke Brooks, you'd think it'd be Joey Johns, wouldn't you? 0457 736 736. Just before we get to Paul Bowman, I mentioned Tom Dearden before the last break. He has, Tommy Dearden, started wearing a protective cup over the testicle he ruptured and briefly left him fearing he'd limp out of the NRL final. So, well, that's one way of doing it. Got the old cricket Hector protector, hey? What do you reckon? It stands their hands on hips, legs spread eagled, almost bow legged. Come on, boys, wind up, give me your best. Boom! Nothing. Nothing. So Dearden ruptured his testicle midway through the first half against the New Zealand Warriors in round 23, and despite wincing in pain, that's one way of putting it, when he made the tackle out, inflicted the damage, he went on to score two tries in the man of the match performance. Didn't it happen to, to, happen to Tyson Frizzell a couple of years ago for the Dragons in an early round game, I recall. So Todd Payton revealed on radio that Dearden was prepared to lose his testicle if it meant he could play September football. Let's up here this bloke who said he'd slice up his member on TikTok to go <laughs> fly the SE and Macca's jet to Townsville. You'd lose it. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, you've got two of them. You only need one to have babies. And Dearden said, pardon the, the language, but it is after nine o'clock now, so we're out of the family-friendly hours. Dearden this week told the Sydney Morning Herald there was never any need for the surgeon to, quote-unquote, cut a nut out. <laughs> but the three days straight after emergency surgery left him in excruciating pain. Isn't it funny to talk about that that part of the world? So to speak. Remember what happened to the hitman, Chris Flannery? He copped one, and he said uh, the thing sort of blew up to the size of avocados. He's got them both, though. Chris Flannery, there now in charge of the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Good man and going well. 0457 736 736. France 32, Australia 31 at the end of the second quarter in the FIBA World Cup opening match. And uh, 40, so geez, barely just started the second half. Australia 1, lead New Zealand nil. You're on high ground. Well, there's something in the air at Townsville at the moment as the Cowboys look to make their first grand final since 2017. They've impressed this season, 2022, and now I think the team that many neutrals are jumping on board. Paul Bowman is a North Queensland legend, a foundation player, 203 games for the club. Pleased to say he's on the line right now. G'day, Paul. G'day. Just describe the buzz for us up there in Townsville at the moment. The, the joint is sold out ahead of this clash Friday night against the Eels. There's a real excitement, isn't there, around town? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, pretty much obviously started since we got back um, from the Cronulla game in, in week one of the finals. And um, yeah, everyone is um, keenly anticipating Friday night. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Well, some heart in the mouth moments in that, that game against the Sharks. My goodness, uh, you weren't that week off. Uh, how did they pull up after that one? Yeah, no, they were very sore. Um, 93 minutes. Um and yeah, we we were all thinking the longer that went, the more more desperate um, situation it was. It was in terms of getting the victory. So lucky we did. Um, probably saw you know Cronulla probably struggled a little bit the following week, I think, and um, to be expected after after that sort of game and that sort of intensity for that long. So yeah, they were quite quite sore. So we're very lucky we had the um, you know that extra week um, to recover. Well, Defence has been 
one of the hallmarks of your success this year. Is it concerning in any way that, that you dropped 30 or you're not really thinking about that? No, no, definitely. And, um, you know, the team's looked at that and we've looked at that and, and how we can improve because, yeah, it was, as you say, um, you know, a real focus and there was a lot of hard work put in in the pre-season. And, and over the course of the NRL season, I think we ended up second in terms of, you know, points conceded. So it's something that the the the, the side and the, the the staff are really proud of and it's something that we really need to, you know, rediscover that... Um, that desperation, particularly on the goal line, and and yeah, 30 points, not acceptable in any game, um, let alone a final. And if we're conceding 30 Friday night, well, that's uh, that's not a good sign. So not a good sign moving forward. So no, it's something that we've we've again worked on during the week and looked at, and hopefully, um, you know, we can get back to um, to the sort of performances you know we saw throughout the year consistently. You know, looking at the four remaining teams, Penrith. Parramatta, South Sydney and North Queensland. I think the first three most people would have thought would be figuring the eight. Uh, to be fair, no one really had the Cowboys uh, being that high this season. They've proven everyone wrong, but just, just prior to kickoff, I mean, how was the belief in the club and amongst the faithful? You, you shut out that, you know, these, these dire predictions for season 2022. Was there always a strong belief that you could turn it around in such a short space of time and play finals footy? Um, look, it's I'll be honest, and it's probably exceeded all our expectations. You, you always hope about, um, you know, everyone's positive at the end of pre-season, and everyone trains really hard, and and that sort of talk, you know, emanates from from every club, I suppose. But um, we trialled okay, like we had some good form in the trials, but then, and obviously round one, we didn't um, didn't start too well, lost to the Bulldogs in round one at home, and um, yeah, if you probably asked me at that time. Um, you know, we'd be playing in a prim- prelim. <laughs> You'd take it. <laughs> um, four or five months down the track, I'd yeah. take that. I'd jump at it and everyone would. So, yeah, it's probably, yeah, we're all probably pleasantly surprised, but we know we'd definitely put the work in. And it's just, I suppose, just the improvement in a lot of those young guys has just been, it's been great to see. And we've got some, you know, some young stars of, of not only the future, I suppose you'd call them stars mm. now that get their chance in origin and, and showed what they can do on the big stage. So it's really happy that the work that those guys and the work that the staff put in, in terms of trying to make them, you know, better footballers, you know, has paid off. Well, just on that, I mean, some of those players, Tom Dearden, Jeremiah Nano, who's just been brilliant, Ruben, Kaidi, Murray, Talangi, Tommy Gilbert. I mean, you know, that is just reward for form, isn't it? They all played origin. How much does origin instill in those players? I guess a sense of self-belief. Yeah, definitely gives them that belief, particularly succeeding in that arena, and that you, you know, it's a, it's going to be a massive game Friday night, but you probably won't get a more uh, a more massive or important game than a game three decider in in state of origin. So that's for us, that's you know definitely a bonus that they've had that experience, and and they would take great confidence out of that. There's there'd be no bigger stage than and a game three origin decider and, and state of origin. So I think that gives those guys confidence and self-belief as, as well as us, yeah. I've been so impressed with the recruitment because we know how, how crucial list management is to success in this competition. Now, the young guys that we just mentioned are superstars already if they're not budding superstars. You combine that with the likes of Chad Townsend. I know that you know his, his arrival at the club was criticised by some, but, but Peter Hickey has been great. Now, Scotty Drinkwater's had a few seasons now, looks to have found his best form and, 
an experience of Val who's, who's thriving in centres. I mean, it's a difficult task, isn't it, to get that balance right? Yeah, no, all the guys you mentioned have, have been tremendous. Peter Hick, who's just he's just an out-and-out footballer, um, just loves football, and I think he had 28 carries for 300-and-something metres against right. the Sharks. And, and that try, he just wants to He wants to be in, involved and wants to get his hands on the ball and he's just just knows where to be at the right time. He's been outstanding. Um, you spoke about Val, like the transition he's made has been probably above expectations. You know, a new position to go in there and credit to him, he worked hard in the in the preseason. But his form's you know been great there at centre and and yeah, Drinky at fullback is it's another uh, in terms of ball playing and ability to to create something it, it, that adds another sort of threat uh, for the team as well as, you know, he can kick uh, you've got the left foot kick as well, which is which is always handy to have a left footer down one side. Um, yeah, and, and you, you spoke initially about Chad, like he's, you know, just, just great experience, great knowledge, great um, he's a great teacher and, and that for the, the younger guys and um, just his, his general talk in, in meetings and at training and around you know, vision and that's um, it's been, it's like having an extra coach you know so he's he's been great hasn't over tried to overplayed his hand just played his role which is to get the team around the park and uh, and he's been great he's got great hair too you mentioned the coach Todd Payton uh, odds on favorite to win Daly M coach of the year you had a football for Michael Luck said uh, that Todd wanted the way we play to represent our community tough gritty resilient and humble is that a fair summation yeah 100% and that's it's probably something that um, that it should be too. Like the North Queenslanders, as you say, they're tough, tough breed, and um, they've supported us through through the bad times and the good. But but keep turning up, and and from day one, they've they've just wanted a side, I suppose, to represent like you say the North Queensland values, and just um, just give everything they've got, and and never give up, and and that's. You know what, what we'd like to think the side sort of reflects that. So um, that's you know awesome because eventually people people will come, people will always go. You know from clubs, but if you've got that that culture and that what you actually stand for and and how you want to play in terms of I suppose more so the effort areas and 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 that sort of stuff. That's what the club should represent. Should represent the you know the region and the people that. Um, that we play for. And Dean Young's been a savvy recruitment too, hasn't he, to the coaching ranks? I remember Peter Hickey telling me that the two of them play kind of a good cop, bad cop, so together there's a, a real synergy between the two. Uh, big game Friday night. Uh, how important, Paul, is this home ground advantage, you know, with the heat and, and with the humidity in particular? Uh, what's that worth to you, do you think? No, it's huge, and, and um, it actually has got pretty hot the last... Yes. Uh, we, trained, we trained Sunday morning, and the, the boys are talking about it felt like the pre-season pre-season again but um it has got a little bit hot the last you know week as we've got into the you know towards the end of september so it's huge for us but in saying that like we've really got to you know we've got to control the ball and we've got to do everything right as well we can't rely on the heat and and not respect the ball and you know it can work against you as much as it can work for you if you don't you know play well do all the little things control the ball so um it is it's a huge advantage for us but we've got to We've got to play the the way we know we can play to um, 
to make the most of that advantage. Well, Parramatta, they were pretty impressive against the Raiders. A lot of people thought the Green Machine might win that one. They played a really fast brand of footy, a lot of second phase play. You had the big men leading the way up front, and it, it gave space and time, didn't it, to Moses and Brown to, to do their thing. How do you stop that momentum? Yeah, you're right. They've got a huge forward pack, big, powerful pack um, that the halves like to play off the back of. Um, a couple of big wingers and that as well that, that run like extra forwards as well. So, look, we've got to defend really well, um, you know, in terms of stopping the offloads. We've got to, first up contact's got to be really good and, you know, we've got to be aggressive and, and um, you know, defend better than we ever have. They're, you know, great, great pack, great side and... Um, Got to reduce the time and space for those halves by, um, you know, hopefully nullifying those uh, the big front rows and, and that big pack. Yeah, both back rows too have had great seasons, and and um, you know Lane's a prolific uh, offloader amongst a few of them. So definitely, just you know, we've got to defend really well and and try to limit that um, that offloading. Yeah, I can see maybe another 54 tackle going for Ruben Cotter, perhaps. All right, uh, one more before I let you go. Who are the Cowboys meeting in the grand final, Paul? Um, yeah, that's a. Everyone would be thinking Penrith, and I'd probably be slightly leaning to, towards them, but um, you can't underestimate the momentum that um, that South have, have gained over the last few weeks. Um, you know, a couple of really um, tough games against the Roosters and. And um, and then then they were good last week as well. So um, yeah, I think it'll be a lot probably a lot closer than than what people possibly think, and probably similar to um, you know the grand final the year before. I think she'll she'll be pretty close and come down to the go down to the wire. But I'm probably you know slightly leaning towards Penrith, I suppose. They've had those tough games; they're a little bit banged up, but. You just sort of can't underestimate them because they've got those X-factor players like Latrell and Walker that can sort of turn a game for you. So, yeah, um, yeah. whoever gets through, they'll deserve it and they'll be tough to beat. They will. It's going to be a beauty. The Eels and the Cowboys, a grand final preliminary match tomorrow night at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, wish you all the best. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Julian. There he is. Paul Bowman. He's a good man, Paul Bowman, but even he conceded that the results this year for the North Queensland Cowboys had far exceeded his expectations. He said, yeah, we were, we were bullish, we were positive about uh, a vast improvement, but my goodness, uh, he said, you know, for the start of the year, especially after that, it was a terrible game. I remember it well, that, that game against Canterbury. I thought, no, they they got nothing this year, North Queensland. They were in my bottom two, as a matter of fact. But haven't they turned it around? But he said, you know, then they lost it and a lot of things that had to go right. But if you'd asked him, would you take Final Four? He goes, yeah. I don't think they thought they'd get there. Quite a stellar result. A stunning result, really. And, and he's got to be odds on, doesn't he? Uh, Todd Payton to become the coach of the year. Speaking of awards, just quickly, Gold Coast Titans, it's their Paul Broughton medal night. Uh, that winner hasn't been announced, but I can tell you a couple of awards that have been distributed so far. AJ Brimson. Alexander James has claimed the NRL Coaches Award in their presentation night. And Jojo Fafita, no big surprise, takes out the Gold Coast Titans 2022 Rookie of the Year. So well done to that young man as we go around the grounds. No change to that halftime score. Australia 1, New Zealand nil. 64 minutes gone in the game. And three-quarter time, just waiting for that score to pop up in front of me as well between France and Australia. France 34 not three-quarter time, my apologies. Uh, France 34 over Australia, 
31. So they did briefly take the lead, but now they trail by three. But it's wonderful to see. Lauren Jackson has posted her first points in Australian colours for 12 years. 12 years. Uh, that is quite remarkable. Bondi Jack's back on the text line. I concur a Siggy paper. Yo over Murray. Oh, they're both wonderful players, Bondi Jack. I'd argue Murray has been far more inspirational for his team in recent months. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I predict this won't last and Murray shall retire early. I hope not. Well, that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? He's only 24, but you know, a couple more head knocks. And presumably the, in terms of treatment, response, rest, they're going to get more and more stringent, I would assume. And I hope not. Well, I don't think anyone wants him to retire early. For all the elite protection afforded to Boyd Cordner after Kafusi's four, vile forearms, he was gone at 28. Uh, Murray afforded no duty of care at all. He was knocked rotten twice in the second minute of the Chook semi-final again later. A winning was a be-all, unlike the resting of Victor a week prior. I'll, I'll give the Roosters a wrap there. And, and Trent Robinson said as much, and I think he used the example of Luke Keary. Said there are times where, yeah, he was cleared to come back, but duty of care, they keep him out for another week or two or three or however long. However long. Because we don't yet know the long-term ramifications. So you can pass a couple of tests and go, yeah, okay, they look right to go, but we don't know. So it's better to wear on the side of caution. Thank you, Bondi Jack. 0457 736 736. And the open line number, 1300 01170. Is he still on the field, this Leo Sayer? Joe Bell. Joe Bell, the number eight for New Zealand. Uh, I'll tell you what I might do. Uh, we are overdue for a bout of agree to disagree. I'll bring the seal back on. I'll get his summation of how the second half is looking with the Socceroos. Australia 33, France 38. About seven minutes 50 remaining in the third quarter. 70 minutes gone. Matt Leakey's on. He's still playing. And, and yeah, you're right, Jace. He is a mix between. What did he say? Vinnie Jones and um, oh, it's, and, and Jim Moen. Vinnie Jones and Moen. Not, and I can't unsee that, Jace. They're very perspicacious. There's a big word for you. 1-0 uh, Australia lead New Zealand. And they're trailing now by five, the Opals. They're down to France, 45 to 40. About four and a half minutes remaining in that third quarter. Marty, good evening to you, my friend. Now, wouldn't headgear help with a head knock? Surely it must give you some sort of protection. No, it doesn't. Uh, not from concussion, Marty. So certainly from things like cuts and, and surface uh, trauma, but they've done studies on this it, because concussion is basically your your brain bouncing around your head, and whether you have headgear or not, it, it doesn't stop that process of the brain rattling around. So no, no, it doesn't. Uh, thank you though. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Ah, uh, the seal is back for the second hour of the program. Uh, what he made of this? There's Matt Lackey. He's still going strong. There's a guy who I think about Matt Leckie. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but my memories of Matt Leckie playing in the soccer shirt is that he'd make a break at great pace. Yep. Sprint to the edge of the box and then kind of, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and defence would, would reset themselves. He had a very long and successful club career, almost a decade in Germany mm. in the Bundesliga. He did. Two Bundesliga. Um, look, this performance overall, it's certainly not the worst I've seen from the Socceroos under Graham Arnold, but... Uh, yeah, there's room for improvement there, Jules. Let's it's put it that not way. Not particularly clinical, is it? I mean, they've grown them. into the game. They're dominating the midfield. I mean, New Zealand can't touch them there. I think technically and physically we've got such a, a, a big advantage over them. But our end product has seriously been lacking. We should be lacking two, polish, three, yeah. four goals up mm. um, just on the sheer amount of possession and territory we've had. 
Um, we have put a couple of nice moves together, and that's all it's going to take to beat one of these big nations at the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, we haven't exactly looked uh, steady at the back either. There's uh, plenty of work for Arnie to do over the next couple of months before the World Cup in November. Okay. Agree to disagree. Hit me, young men. Number one. Yep. The Swans. Mm. Haven't talked much about the AFL tonight. The Swans no. will win the grand final on Saturday. Oh, I really want them to. I'll say disagree. Oh, I think Geelong might have them. Injuries? But they had what? Geelong won, what, 15 in a row? Yeah, they're in rather good form. Swans... They're, they're due for a loss. They won nine in a row, I think, Sydney. Swans so. beat them in March at the SCG. Yeah, a long time Buddy's ago. Buddy's the goal. Yes, it was. It was quite a good night. It was a wonderful night. I, you know, it's a long time ago. I don't think you mm. take too much out of that result. The Geelong have, have changed the way they've played since then. You know, 15 on the trot. That, that is highly impressive. At the MCG too. Yeah. Mm. Going to be difficult. Always difficult for the Swans on oh, grand final. They're a red hot chance. I, look, if, if you gave me 50 bucks to go on the nose, I'd, I'd go Geelong. Mm. Yep. Well, I disagree. Okay. I'd, okay, number two. Hang on. This is a theory. What did you think I was going to say? Well, I didn't expect you to agree, mm. but I'm positing my point of view and then expecting you to oh, Yes, I love a good positive. Agree. <laughs> I, okay, number two. Yeah. I'd have Nathan... If you gave me... Talking about on the nose. If you gave me Nathan Cleary or Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, I'd take Nathan Cleary. Hang on. So you got Cleary or Walker and Mitchell? Or the partnership. No, I'm taking Walker and Mitchell. Mm. I'm I'm taking them, hundred percent. Do you think that Panthers team is anywhere near what it is without Nathan? No. Well, it's, it's still very good. I mean, mm. they've shown that with Sean O'Sullivan. He just, you know, this this whole you know you hear this term next man up. Mm. Uh, they're a very very good side. They're just so good across the park, Penrith. I mean, Nathan's a very special player. Um, you know, what's more value, one Nathan or a, a Walker and Mitchell? I'm going Cody and Latrell. Mm. Yeah. On the big day. Yeah. Mm. Drills one grand. Well, I mean, Nathan has two. They've all won grand finals. They have. Mm. Interesting. Okay, number three. Go to the golfing world. I wouldn't mind having live golf players in Ryder and Presidents Cups, but I don't want them playing the majors. No, I'd go there way the round, other way around. Right. Yep. So you're okay with live players playing the majors? Uh, oh, if, if I had to choose, rankings, I'd have them. I'd have them in the majors before I'd have them in a Ryder Cup. See, that's interesting to me, particularly because the PGA runs one of the majors, PGA. Yep. But it doesn't run the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup's a separate event. The players yes. aren't famously not paid yeah. for playing that event. It's purely for the glory and the, uh, the, the The reason I say that is because that's Liv are hitching their wagon to this team's concept. Because this is that by saying, no, you can't play Ryder Cup or President's Cup. It is the big FU to them, so all right, you fancy that. Well, then launch your own team's event. If you stick so stridently to the, its potential success, then best of luck to you. Mm. But we're going to run with this tradition of the Ryder Cup. Now, that's where I'm placed on that. Okay. Yeah. But you're happy with them to play the What is oh, there no. a caveat on them playing the majors? In they've got to be qualify as everyone else has without. Oh no! Look, getting no, look. I mean, look. Lee. If if Cam Cam Smith, for example, the defending Open champion, mm. he's got the exemption, then. Okay, that that's reasonable, mm. I think. Otherwise, the rest of them, you have to qualify. And eventually, they're going to slide down the rankings because as it stands, they're not getting world ranking points. They're applying, and if they do, they'd be curtailed or limited because they play with smaller fields and, and they only play 54 holes. Mm. So that is a problem. So depth of field, 
uh, a big one. Um, so that, that's going to be really, really interesting to see yeah. what happens with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I had to choose one, I'd, I'd rather see them in the majors than in a, a team's event, like the Ryder or the President's Cup. Okay. Number four, mm. sweet chili sauce. Had dumplings tonight. Put yes. them in. It's one of the most versatile condiments in the fridge. Uh, look, is it versatile? Yes. Having said that, I think it is the most overrated condiment. Wow. Oh, I am not a rap on, so I just don't see what the fuss. My wife would drink it. Wow. She'd bathe in the stuff if she could. She really would. It is horrible. That's almost yeah. blas- Oh, sweet chili. You know, chuck it on your schnitzels and chuck it on your wedges. It's I terrible. I not agree more. So That's, overrated. Oh, so wow. overrated. No, don't like them. Okay, we were agreeing on everything mm. yesterday. In 24 hours, everything's changed. My goodness. That's blasphemous. No, I disagree. <laughs> disagree. I just have a more developed palate than you, young man. You'll learn one day. You'll uh, learn one day. Right, number five. Yep. The Socceroos won't get through their group. It includes France, Denmark, and Tunisia. Agree. Yeah. Well, they're not getting past France. Well, uh, unless there's some kind of civil war between Pogba and Kylian Mbappe. He's brewing. blaming, you know, witch doctors and the rest. You know, if anyone can self-destruct, it's probably France, right? Mm. Uh, De- how are Denmark? I mean, they're yeah, Denmark have traditionally improved. very strong. But... So we got a, we got a, we lost to them last time around uh, in a game that we very much could have got something from. They have vastly improved mm. since four years ago. They made it deep in the Euros. Um, Christian Eriksen is back from his... On pitch. Oh, United are playing him into yes. form, baby. Incredibly. Yeah. Um, Simon Kier, their centre-half, is one of the best defenders in the world at the moment. Um, and Tunisia are a tricky little proposition. I think we've got a better chance of betting them than we did Peru four years ago. I also don't think we're as good a team as we were four years ago in Russia. So oh, you that. don't think so? No. Yeah, no, probably not. No, I'd say you're right. The thing about Tunisia, I love their capitals, is Tunis. Mm. The capitals chuck, just cut two letters off and... Make that the capital, yeah. So Denmark are very good. How will we cope in Hagen with? Uh, well, I think France threat? are there to be had. I just don't think we're you in think it. France are there to be had. Absolutely, France are there to be had. Yeah, but okay. I don't think we're in the position to have them. Well, stranger things have happened, right? You dare mm. to believe? Okay. So what's our final tally? Young uh, we had four disagrees and one Did agree. We? And that was the soccer. Well, that's a welcome change of pace. Thank you, mate. Uh, 0457-736-736. About 10 minutes past stoppage time remaining. Australia won, as uh, Alex just mentioned there, bottled a handful of chances. Australia won, lead New Zealand nil. You see Lauren Jackson, uh, she shirted up, so I don't know what we make of that. Um, hopefully she sees a couple of more minutes. And still trailing by five. France, 50. Australia, 45. So 50 points to 45. Uh, just under a minute remaining in that third quarter. This is the FIBA Women's World Cup. 0457736736. Marty, thanks for getting back about the headgear. Makes sense about not helping with concussion. Good on you, Marty. Anytime. And uh, Bondi Jack, uh, Jules, apropos of an amazing life, I had the awesome privilege of singing Long Tall Glasses for Leo Sayer with Leon Piano at the Ritz-Carlton Double Bay. That had been a night, Jack. Absolutely. Leo and Entourage were drinking Bogues with us after our Linnacy. Bogues. What happened to Bogues? You still get Bogues? Actually, that was the choice of beer at my wedding uh, 10 years ago. Leo Sayer. It reminds me too, um, I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan, Bonai Jack, there's this great clip where Barney's taking helicopter lessons. So he's up in the helicopter with the pilot. And the pilot starts telling a story about how Elvis once played a chopper pilot, but the 
the chopper pilots were laughing at him because it wasn't reflective. He said, oh, you made so many mistakes. We're laughing at him. Barney says, oh, Elvis is a great singer. Oh, absolutely. And then the chopper pilot says, you know who else I love? Is that Leo Sayer. <laughs> Leo Sayer. What's that lovely ballad that he sings? Um, when I Need You. That's it. When I need you. Maybe we end the show with that tonight. I just so. close my There you go. Well, no, no we're going to have to play Long Tall Glasses in honour of Bondi Jack. And I reckon it will be singing along in the wireless at home. That, I mean, When I Need You is a lovely, lovely tune. Well, I think we need something a bit more upbeat on this Thursday night, although it is meant to be a day of mourning officially. So how much do you reckon these lyrics apply to the late Her Majesty the Queen? When I need you, I just close my eyes and I'm with you. And all that I so want to give you, it's only a heartbeat away. When I need love, I hold out my hands and I touch love. I never knew there was so much love, keeping me warm night and day. Miles and miles of empty space in between us. This telephone can't take the place of your smile. But you know I won't be travelling forever. It's cold out, but hold out and do like I do. You know, maybe that's uh, Prince Philip. Maybe just quietly in the karaoke room at Buckingham Palace, dedicated that one to his late wife. And they are now reunited, maybe singing some tunes together once more. Thank you, everybody, for your contribution to the program this evening. Uh, 82 minutes gone. Australia 1, New Zealand nil. It's been a jam-packed couple of hours in this special edition of Higher Ground this Thursday night. Australia trailing by four now in the FIBA Women's World Cup. France 54 have they just missed that? Have they? 54 of Australia, 50, about eight minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And this Socceroos friendly game against the New Zealand All Whites at Suncorp Stadium tonight, uh, about five minutes, I'm going to guess, remaining on the clock. Australia 1, lead New Zealand nil. And all eyes uh, on Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville tomorrow night. It is the Cowboys and the Eels, 7.50 p.m. kickoff. That is going to be absolutely massive. The first of the prelim finals and the second Saturday night, 24th of September, 7.50 p.m. kickoff as well. Uh, the Panthers, they are the team of the beat and they're taking on the Rabbitohs. They've got a little bit of momentum, of course. So the question now for them is uh, Alex Johnston, will he play for their hip flexor injury? It'll certainly be a, a big out for them and knowing how damaging their left edge is. And we've got a couple of NRLW semifinals. We haven't mentioned that tonight. On Sunday, two games back-to-back, and these games at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. Why they're playing in Brisbane, that's a very good question. Newcastle and the Dragons, second v third, Newcastle and the Dragons. So they play again after Newcastle accounted for them pretty comfortably last week. Although I did hear Jamie Sow, the Dragons coach, said, look, we, we rested a few like Kezi because a lot of them had played the Harvey Norman Women's Series. It's a lot of football. For the women, so they're just resting a few. So they've got a couple of big games back, so they tried a couple of things. He's not too concerned about the result. And then the Roosters, they are the team to beat, taking on the Eels, who snuck into that four. Uh, so the Roosters, first place against the Eels, fourth place. That game, 3.50pm kickoff Sunday at Suncorp Stadium. The winner of those two will meet in the NRLW Grand Final. Just confirmed, too, we've got the Labor Cup. It's the last hurrah for Roger Federer. And he has confirmed that he will play doubles. He will play doubles with Rafael Nadal which is great to see. So flick that on too. I think Stan might have the coverage there. So flick, if you've got Stan Sports, flick it on. It'd be great to see Roger uh, wield the racket like a wand for one last time. Jay says, G'day, Kingy. Leo Say did a great duet with the Muppets singing When I Need You. I'll have to check that out, Jase. I always thought that Leo and another 80s icon, Richard Simmons, were the same person. <laughs> yeah, with a curly hair. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. Richard Simmons. Very good one. Also got some cricket getting underway tomorrow. Uh, the Marsh Cup. 
Victoria, New South Wales. This is the domestic 50-over competition. Victoria, New South Wales kick off the men's domestic summer. Uh, it's a grand final public holiday clash, of course, with the AFL grand final on the Saturday. That game tomorrow, Junction Oval. Victoria back in action against Western Australia at the same venue on Sunday before Queensland South Australia played the first game under lights at Brisbane's revamped Allen Border Field. That's going to be a day-night fixture Monday, September 26. And we've also got the women's domestic 50-over tournament commencing tomorrow. The Women's National Cricket League, the WNCL, uh, Australian National Domestic 50-over competition. That gets underway tomorrow, September 23. Triple header, South Australia host Victoria, Karen Rolton Oval. The Breakers and Queensland under lights at North Sydney Oval and Western Australia meet the ACT Meteors at the Wacker. That is us done and dusted for this special edition of Higher Ground this Thursday night. Australia 1, New Zealand nil. France 58, Australia 50. Thank you to our guests tonight, Tim Grant, to Paul Bowman, to Alex the Seal on the buttons and to all our callers and texters as well. Enjoy the footy this weekend, won't you? We've got Parramatta and North Queensland and Penrith and South Sydney going to be beauties. Who will contest the 2022 National Rugby League Grand Final? Best of luck to the Swannies as well in the AFL Grand Final Saturday against Geelong. Let's wrap it up with a bit of Leo Sayer. I'll catch you for Mowers Club Saturday. You know I can't...